Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at uh, what Creator discusses in terms of why music exists and shapes karma. So I, we had a preview of these questions and uh, the answers, and, and they're quite fascinating. I think this is going to be a really interesting show, Carl. Well, I agree. I'm a music lover, and many, many people are. It's a universal language, and it serves a number of purposes. It's deeper than you'd think. It's often thought of as a... You know, a kind of a distraction or a, you know, light entertainment and not essential. Right. Really, the opposite is the case. It has profound implications and meaning. And it can be very, very integral to enjoyment of life if you are open and able to perceive it and appreciate it for its true nature. So we'll be hearing about that. Indeed. I, I think the one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit from the flavor of the answers that are forthcoming is how much emphasis the divine actually puts on music and how, how incredibly important it is. I, I didn't realize it was as, as important as is going to be communicated. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get started. You ask creator, almost every human being loves music of one sort or another. Every human being loves food almost as much, yet a gifted chef can only touch the lives of a relatively small group of people, while a gifted songwriter can touch millions. When a songwriter, in this case a songwriter named Jeff Lynne, writes a song like Mr. Blue Sky that becomes a beloved anthem for untold millions of people worldwide, how does this success translate karmically for the songwriter? Seems at once it is paradoxically both a karmic reward but also a karmic deed and accomplishment that will ensure even greater karmic rewards in the future. Can Creator reveal the karmic underpinnings of Mr. Blue Sky and what its success means for the future of the songwriter? All right. These are the words that came from Creator that I channeled. The karmic underpinnings here are quite simple and straightforward. This songwriter was divinely inspired, pure and simple. That is why the lyrics are what they are, an appreciation of future possibilities being positive, as represented with the symbolism of the blue sky conferring well-being and a kind of reorientation with one's natural environment, which is Gaia, the earth itself, and everything about it that is natural and not human-created. You were made to be a part of the earth and its bounty and many blessings, and you naturally resonate with it as human beings. The reference in that song of Mr. Blue Sky coming around again and again to be a kind of companion and an upliftment is a literal connection to the divinity of creation in the first place. And you being a divine extension as well, created to be a part of that environment and capable of appreciating it. That is what art does. It is divinity contemplating itself, not as an act of selfish indulgence, but appreciating the beauty and in some way or another divine love being expressed. 
That is why the earth is beautiful to you. You are made to be together and appreciate one another in actual fact. The earth knows you are there in the same way you know the earth is there. Both have consciousness and an awareness of the greater existence of many things of complexity and wonderment and a kind of enjoyment of the passing scene. That recognition resonates so strongly with the divine in you because it is based on the beauty of love as a force for good in everything you see that is a positive benefit. That songwriter will continue to reap the benefits of his creation because it is spreading love into the world each and every day. And that is an achievement of major proportions for anyone and is, in fact, not only the purpose of existence, but the role of the lightworker to come into life in the physical and take on its many hazards and challenges and survive unscathed and in triumph if possible. The successful artist is triumphing because they are rising above the fray to contribute something extremely helpful to others to help them survive and triumph each in their own way. Well, I know I love the song. That's why I kind of chose it for this question. And I, I, no matter what, it's always going to lift me up to hear it. If I've had a rough day and I just need to take a break, I'll play that song. There's a wonderful video of a live concert of it. And uh, it, it never fails to make me feel better, you know. So it, that's a service that the songwriter is doing to me personally. And, of course, anytime you do a service for a human being, that's good karma, you know, going up on the meter, right? So I, I thought this was a really profound question. And on top of that, you know, when Creator says that right, working with music, writing music, is not a selfish indulgence, that is a huge statement right there. Well, and I think the proof is in the pudding what one does with music and what one does because of music it shapes us more than maybe we even realize and all the lofty important things in life typically have some association or accompaniment with music look at it as a complement to religious services for example it's not an accident the churches have organs and they have choirs and it, this is true in other religious traditions also. Yeah. Fact, it, it is this best in us that is being expressed yeah. because it's it, a way of expressing our divine alignment, as Creator points out. And, and I would say for emphatically that especially the older churches are really amphitheaters. That's how they're designed. That's what they are, essentially, you know, designed to accompany music to, you know, amplify music, to, to make music available to everybody in the building. Yes, indeed. When you ask Creator, when one looks into the lives of some of the most successful musicians in the world, many of them literally eat, breathe, and sleep music. Some of them even go so far as having instruments in every room of their house in case inspiration strikes. They're literally obsessed with music. But the obsession appears to have no downside, at least for the ultra-successful. What is Creator's perspective? All right, and Creator says, this is an important principle you're reflecting on in your question. That tremendous passion and dedication, a zeal that keeps people going round the clock and sometimes for days at a time, is characteristic of the artist, consumed by their passion that burns fiercely within and propels them forward. 
even at times depriving themselves of nourishment and sleep to keep working feverishly on their project. This is not because they are a slave to an idea or being manipulated somehow by us as lovers of beauty and wanting that for each of you, but a personal response to that inner fire burning brightly within that is recognizing the divine inspiration and seeing it as something quite special. That is what sets the soul on fire and creates such dedication. If you ask someone exhibiting that behavior, they will tell you unfailingly that they are not suffering, but are in a special state of being, living their dream and fully engaged in a way that to them is the ultimate experience of their existence when they are truly in the groove, in the act of creation and thriving from its unfolding success. While these heights of productivity are not an everyday occurrence for people, all get a taste of this at times in doing any kind of productive work that is useful and gives them a sense of purpose. People rightly take pride in their accomplishments, even doing something ordinary and mundane and responding simply to the motivation to please an overseer. Even if it is an uncaring and somewhat harsh and critical boss, only thinking of the company's benefit. A successful worker will be working for themselves always in at least recognizing their worth in being able to meet the challenges, even unfair oversight and excess criticism, but can see for themselves they're doing something that makes a contribution to bring something new into the world that didn't exist before and feel personal satisfaction they have a hand in it and feel successful however they are judged by others. In a sense, all are simply cogs in a vast enterprise, a kind of machinery, making everyone interdependent to some degree. And in a sense, each individual may feel diminished in contrast to the size of the whole, but all recognize to some extent at least that they would be missed, that their contribution, if absent, would have to be done by others. And without them, there would be a diminishment and rightly take the credit for what they do. But the possibility of greater reward is a function of how in divine alignment one's efforts become. People's efforts are often caretaking to organize and arrange, as most activities are more prosaic and simply related to the physical limitations of your existence and physical form and are relatively mundane forms of housekeeping. This does not make them less valuable and less important. It is simply that the soul will not be thrilled to the same extent if that is solely what one experiences and never has the experience of doing something unprecedented that truly sets them apart from others. The act of creation is divine and everyone senses this, regardless of their inner beliefs about such things. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times we believe that doing anything to excess ends up being harmful, but creator is really not saying that here. You know, that uh, if you're in that groove and especially if you've done well and are financially independent so that you can have a lot of the mundane things in life taken care of for you, you can literally spend almost every waking minute of your life focusing on your creativity, your art, your passion. And that seems to be just fine with creator. <laughs> Well, and the comment was made that 
if you talk to people in the throes of that artistic fervor, that dedication and drive that seems somewhat inexplicable to the average person, they're having fun. Yeah. They're feeling fulfilled, even as they're pushing themselves to a physical limit. It's, it's a lot different than being a slave, maybe on a farm or something, and doing hard physical labor in the hot sun and, you know, under the lash. You know, this, this is the opposite. It is a self-desire to excel. Yes. And to do something divine in the bargain. And it, I don't think it gets any better than that. No, it doesn't appear to be. U.S. creator, the accolades and lopsided rewards for the ultra-successful overshadow many millions of arguably equally talented and hardworking musicians that lead relatively Spartan lives in comparison. The stereotype of the starving artist certainly applies to journeyman musicians as it does to any other creative profession. There are songs out there as beautiful and uplifting as anything the Beatles or Mozart ever created, yet may never have a bigger audience than a few hundred people. What is a karmic reward for such music that suffers only from lack of exposure? Okay, and Creator tells us, we would say that the true test of divine alignment is being true to oneself, your true nature, being the best you can be, honoring your inner needs to have an outlet for expression, and if that is drawing you to the arts, to do what you can to put that into motion and explore your craft, to hone your skill and see what develops. That is all anyone can ask of you. No one can demand someone be a great artist. It will only happen if the individual has talent, commensurate with that outcome, and works avidly to bring out that innate ability through much trial and error with endless patience and great devotion for it to develop and flourish at the highest levels of expression the inner talent will allow. So while the arts and their expression and the ability to do so are divine attributes and a soul characteristic that varies from individual to individual, as some are more artistic than others in their leanings and interests, such a life and accomplishments of note is not a circumstance simply handed to you because you are worthy and have the right stuff, so to speak. It must be discovered within and allowed to be expressed, even if it is a strong imperative of the soul to have that happen. And in fact, planned in the light before incarnation happens for you to engage in an artistic pursuit. Many things can get in the way, and there are many dark forces that would constrain such undertakings and limit you. The fact that it is a large-scale enterprise done by many, while only a few reach the high levels of the commercially rewarded artist, is a testament to the divine origin of all human beings. You have within you the capability to appreciate art and music whether you have the inner drive to participate in a hands-on way or not. So there will be many who never rise to the level of commercial success and will never make a living as a musician, but that is not to say they are failures. After all, they are expressing divinity and that is never wasted. It will raise up the self, if not in a setting where it touches the lives of others. That is still worth doing and as an outlet of expressing what is within will benefit the musician significantly as it is communing with the divine in a special way. 
because we speak the same language and we'll share the experience and we'll give a pat on the back always to the musician for whatever their performance brings, regardless of what a human critic might say about it. People vary tremendously with regard to all talents, soul characteristics that are on display and their potential at the start of each lifetime. So it is inevitable that not all can be on the same level, and especially because there are billions of people, most of whom will respond to music, there will be a wide spectrum of talents and interests. Some will never touch a musical instrument because the interest is not there. Some will be discouraged from pursuing it because their early exposure convinces them it is simply too much work. It is those who truly have a spark within because it is in alignment with their path who will engage with the idea and pursue it avidly lifelong, regardless of how far they take it and how great or little the personal reward turns out to be. After all, a musician is at once an audience and soothing and serving the self is a worthwhile goal that contributes to personal happiness and is not an indulgence. You know, this really reminds me of a, of a very special night I spent at a friend's house. Uh, he was a musician, and he had a lot of musician friends. And he had a little bit of a jam session one night and had a bunch of friends over. And um, I was shocked sitting in his living room at the talent that was in there. There was a couple of guitarists that sounded like Eric Clapton, as far as I could tell. You know, they were just amazing. And everybody played their own songs that they had written. And one in particular was like, why isn't that a hit on the radio? That's amazing. So I, I, I realized that night that talent is, is far more prevalent than most people realize, you know. And, um, you know, the, the, the ones that make commercial success are just the tip of the iceberg of the talent that's there in the world today. Yes, and I, I've seen that all my life. I've appreciated it all my life. I'm, I'm from a musical family. I'm musically inclined myself. And I've been around serious musicians who, who do it professionally. So I see what that takes. But there are so many talented folks who maybe are on the margins of the profession, but never get that recognition and get catapulted to fame and, and greater financial success. But they're just as deserving. And sometimes they're more so. Yeah. And they get sidelined actively. And that's kind of another story. And we'll be alluding to that as we go along, I think. Absolutely. Be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com and uh, download the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook that will explain what really our mission is all about and what the Lightworker Healing Protocol is. It's very, very important to do so. You can get it at getwisdom.com slash LHP. Also download our Empowered Prayer book because Empowered Prayer is a ticket to much greater success of life, <laughs> greater health, greater everything. Get that at getwisdom.com slash prayer. And we'll be right back with more of our looking into music and creator's perspective on it when we come back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to 7 Second This Week's Get Wisdom. Carl and I are looking at what Creator says about uh, music and how it shapes karma. And, you know, we've said that a lot of people... If they stop and think about this, would probably agree that a lot of this makes sense. But, you know, most people don't stop and think about these kind of things. So we're kind of helping them along with that, I think, Carl. Yeah, and let me just explain for people who have only a vague idea about karma. This is the law of cause and effect. What goes around comes around, as the popular saying is. And it simply means that everything you do will project into the future So good deeds come back to you as rewards and blessings. Things you make mistakes about and harm yourself or others will come back to you as a similar challenge. And maybe it will have grown energetically and be more tough. And you'll have to rebalance what you did, you know, that was a misstep or a misalignment. Well, I like this show because we're taking a look at the positive side of karma, which I think doesn't happen as much as it should. <laughs> so, well, I think and there's is- a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. There's a lot of practical needs of of life and demands on our time, but it's often unappreciated that recreational segment when it's devoted to things that are divine, how much they add. Yes. So we're honoring the musicians today. (laughs) Indeed we are. You ask creator, when we create karmic underpinnings, we are impinging on and shaping energy. When one listens to a familiar song that makes them feel good, is that an active and ongoing karmic shaping taking place? Is Mozart still earning good karma every time a modern person is swooned by one of his concertos? Creator tells us, This is an accurate perception and a valid and true appreciation for the contribution of music that can live indefinitely in the minds and hearts of many, many listeners across the ages. If the musical offering is profound enough to resonate universally and thus becomes embraced and enjoyed by generation after generation of music listeners, it is fair to say that what constitutes a success in that context is a work that is more greatly reflecting divine alignment and a divine message of sorts vibrationally. 
something lofty, something uplifting, something that is in alignment with beauty and love-related feelings, if only a state of happiness. This can also involve tension and drama if that tension and drama are resolved in some way to make a statement. And through that contrast with the sublime creates ultimately an emotional release that itself is cleansing and healing. There are many uses and applications of music and as a reflection of life. Not all music will be hymn-like or angelic in tone because life has such great variety. And there is a whole spectrum of possibilities in what could have a musical analog that is a complement to the emotional experience of that huge variety of possibilities. So we would say there is a wider spectrum of karmic shaping, as you call it, created by the variety of musical experience and the many forms and styles of music that have emerged over the years and are still engaged in by today's musicians. They are launching love forth because each musical performance and composition is addressing human yearning, either to offer something about the quest, something about a dilemma needing to be resolved, or focus solely on the realization of a kind of perfection and upliftment that comes with reaching true happiness and delight that is joyous and raises the person up dramatically. It could also be something in between, that has elements of both as a kind of contrast or creates in the course of a composition a kind of story that might well reflect the solving of a dilemma and as such is a kind of tone poem with a larger meaning than simply sound that has the requisite chordal structure and melodic nature to be pleasing to the ear in a basic sense. Those creations reward the listener and in turn reflect back to reward the creator of that musical expression. In a sense, there is an ultimate copywriter in the sky keeping track of who does what. And it is indeed the case that Mozart's karma will grow as long as his music is current in the culture because there is a direct link between the enjoyment and even enraptured state of some listening to his compositions that becomes a part of the Akashic Records and will flow to him in the form of a reward. That can take many forms, but is always to his benefit. So that was something I always suspected, but it was nice to get direct confirmation of that, that, you know, when you create something like music, and especially if it goes past your, your presence on Earth here, especially if it goes past many centuries, that that's still building good karma for you. In a sense, gives you a kind of extended life that you wouldn't have otherwise your creations live on and they have a direct impact on your soul and that's uh that's quite eye-opening to see well and it's also situation specific yeah not all music is meant to live forever there's limitations and the value of it and that's you know obviously subjective but it's food for thought yes and it has to do with where music comes from and through who, whose hands it is created. Indeed. Yes, creator, we have focused on the karmic ramifications for songwriters, but what about for song listeners? Is listening to enjoyable music a karmic action that will build future karmic rewards for the listener? Yeah, I thought this was quite interesting. This is what creator says. All of this is quite true as well. 
that the listener is, in their own way, partnering with the composer and the musician performers to participate in a kind of dance, a sharing of the divinity on display with what is unfolding, recognized by all who participate that something special is happening. That is the very nature of the upliftment that takes place. By recognizing the special quality of music, one is opening one's divine ear to a divine message. And in the listening, we'll resonate with it and then be on a divine wavelength, for a time at least, through that enjoyment and the participation only as a passive listener. But it is not as passive as it seems, because it will change the listener in some way, and that will project into their future. They will have a greater spring in their step, for a time at least. They will be raised up and be more effective and more likely to project a kinder view and take life with a smile, even with bad news. Their reaction and this alteration within them projects karmically to all in that chain of events, bringing the music their way. All in that chain are conveying divine love. That itself is a divine activity and contribution to the greater good. And so all have a hand in sharing a karmic benefit and amplifying it as it moves from party to party. They are adding their energy to the whole and are becoming intertwined energetically with the creation of that enhanced existence, all experience as a result. And that expansion will continue into the future and be noted by the law of karma to reward all involved, the listener as well as the composer and performer. <laughs> you know, I, I was inspired to, answer, to ask this question. It kind of surprised me that I even came up with the question, but boy, what an answer. I mean, to think that the act, mere act of listening to music, you know, as you're driving the car down the road, um, is building good karma for yourself. You know, maybe not oceans of it, you know, it might be a few drops, but hey, every little bit helps, you know. Well, I, I had a dear friend who was a fabulous jazz performer. He was a pianist and a prodigy and multi-talented. And he taught me about this very dynamic that musicians treasure their listeners. Oh, sure. Yeah. And respect them highly. Because in the same way, they have honed a craft through endless hard work and devotion. When it's recognized by someone, that's the mirror of that preparation, that lofty arrival at a state of appreciation for something that might be pretty complex. Some music is more challenging and demanding to the ear than, than other forms. And the listener who gets it, are always loved and appreciated by the musicians. And I think it's reflecting this interlinking, yes. that, that they're in a dance together. Yes, one is leading and the other following, but that's okay. You know, the one who has something to say speaks first. So, right. right. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's an amazing dynamic for sure. U.S. creator... The Traveling Wilburys was a dream band of former Beatle George Harrison and had some of the biggest names in the modern history of pop music. In the same band, there was arguably the best lyricist, Bob Dylan, with the best vocalist, Roy Orbison, and the best producer, Jeff Lynne. 
The fact even one of them could find time in their schedule was miraculous, much less all of them. All of them, without exception, effused about how truly wonderful the whole experience was, how all were friends, how all worked together seamlessly and without friction or jealousy, and how nearly all considered it one of the greatest, if not the greatest thing they ever participated in. And keep in mind, these were all ultra-successful musicians, titans in the industry. The The first album went triple platinum. It was literally a tsunami of good karma and a miraculous coming together rarely seen in this world. What is Creator's Perspective? All right, and Creator says, This musical collaboration was divinely inspired from first to last. It was the embodiment of all we have been saying about music being divine in origin and divinely inspired, encouraged, supported all along the way in all who turn to music for enjoyment or as a vocation. The passion to create and to create great works because it is more enjoyable to keep advancing to do something better than it has come before is a quest for greater enjoyment from that thrill of discovery. The joy of uncovering something never before in existence that satisfies both the mind and heart is a blessing indeed for those who are creative and successful in what they do. In a sense, collaborating with others of great talent is simply gathering together the greatest of possible tools to further the reach of each artist involved. That can only happen in the absence of ego, but instead being in divine alignment and enough to see the possibility of greatness emerging because of the accumulated firepower that collaboration represents, at least theoretically. We encouraged all of these participants to sign on, and we inspired these participants to give it their all and help support them for things to run smoothly and stay in enough alignment to set aside personal differences and preferences that could have caused points of friction if rising to the level of demands. It is a testament to the inner divinity of all taking part here that they were able to subsume their individual styles, desires, and preferences in service to a group effort to which all could contribute something of value and trust in the process to bring about something worthy. That divine collaboration illustrates the essence of divine alignment. The universe at its best is a collaborative enterprise to which many, many souls contribute and all have a part in things because all add their energy and it makes a difference. You are all affecting the universe as a whole, if only in a small way. So this was certainly no accident and not solely a human orchestrated business arrangement or even an artistic collaboration that was of mutual benefit, but a divine statement and divine enterprise to create something greater than the sum of its parts as both a reward to those who gave of their time and effort and also a demonstration to the world of what unity of souls can accomplish. Well, that is a ringing endorsement of uh, this dream band of, of Beatle George Harrison. Um, and, and George was probably the most spiritual m- member of the Beatles. He was certainly probably the quietest, but also the most thoughtful. And this, the Traveling Wilburys is really his brainchild. It was his dream, actually, to kind of bring this together. And, and when he 
it, it started with a conversation between he and Jeff Lynn. It's like, wait, we should start a band. You know, who are we going to have in the band? Oh, how about uh, how about Bob Dylan? Oh, yeah, Bob Dylan. Sure. You know, Jeff Lynn is the whole time thinking, this sounds crazy, but I'm going with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, who else? Roy Emerson. Sure. Why not? Roy? I like Roy and uh, Tom Petty. Why not? You know, and Jeff Lynn thought it was a joke. But the very next morning, George Harrison got on the phone, called all of these people, and they all agreed to join. And when Lynn heard about it, he just about fell over. He couldn't believe it. <laughs> and, well, there's, uh, there is the Lord at work for you. Things, yeah. things happen. Doors get opened. <laughs> yeah. Hearts and minds give in and sign on. And these were all incredibly busy people. So they, they somehow found 10 days in a calendar that they were all available. And they ended up going to some guy's house and setting up a recording studio in the garage. And, and using the kitchen as a collaboration area. And they wrote one song each day of those 10 days. And that became their album that went triple platinum. So, um, And they all say, without exception, it was like the greatest experience of their life. And to, But to say that this one event where we just came together and it was there was no planning, there was no preparation, it was completely creative, completely off the cuff, was magical. And it's, it's magical to look in on it, too. It really was. So it's interesting. Well, and it's, it's more apparent in this instance where you have all these disparate people, each with their own successful career and don't really need one another, exactly. come, come together in a collaboration. Many collaborations are to create success for the individual players in it. But there are many, many, many examples. All the bands, all the orchestras, <laughs> they might have a very prescribed you know, kind of mundane role in terms of creativity. If you're a French horn player in an orchestra, you follow the notes. It's all laid out for you. But you have to fit in. You have to do a dance with many others. And those collaborations are special. And those are divinely inspired as well. When people give a performance of their lives, there's more behind it than just they'd all come in, com- commonly decided, well, I'm going to really do my best tonight and and give my all. And that's a divine hand at work many times because there's an opportunity for that love to spread. Yes. And, you know, it's so funny because they would say, well, we were all fans of each other. And, and we were sitting there like every one of them felt like a schoolboy looking up in awe at the people around them. And. One one per, Tom Petty actually uh, said George Harrison came up whispering his ear as Bob Dylan was in the sound stage singing. He goes, "That's Bob Dylan," <laughs> yeah. and yeah, that's funny, it, yeah. it, it was very funny. Yeah, it was it was really you know I recommend you can, you can YouTube it the traveling story the traveling Wilburys. Trust me, you'll enjoy it if you like music. So, um, good good stuff. But you can check out uh, Get Wisdom because we have other selections that. Uh, that get deep into music. We have like the channeling of John Lennon, for instance, in the channeling series. Uh, the channeling of Whitney Houston is particularly good. I particularly uh, recommend that one. You can check out the channeling series on getwisdom.com. So sign up as a participant member. Uh, it is eternally free and you can get access to most of our content. Uh, we're continuing to create content on a weekly basis. Carl does the channeling series most every week and there's a new individual uh, available that uh, to our supporter members, at least for the first month. But then after that, as a participant member, it's available as well. So uh, how many uh, channelings have you done now, Carl? We approaching 200 at this point? I don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it's a staggering number from my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> 
but, but uh, it's there's all- no end of interesting people to talk to who have come and gone, but left a mark. So yes. we we get their story on record with hindsight added in and a divine perspective, which really rounds it out beautifully and yeah. really allows them to further affect humanity because Indeed. they have a voice still coming from the light through us. It's really quite remarkable. It is. I think one of the more remarkable ones, too, was the, the channeling with Prince that you did. That was pretty remarkable as well. Come right back for more Get Wisdom right after this. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. Carl and I are talking about uh, creator's perspective on music and how it shapes karma. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun, Carl. I think this is a fun show. I'm really enjoying this one. Well, I'm glad. It doesn't always end that way. It, no. <laughs> we have our moments this, of anguish. and This probably won't end the same way either. <laughs> well, we're getting we're getting into the dark end of the pool right now, I think. Yeah, yeah we, well, it's important. We have to balance it out, right? Okay, you ask creator. We've heard that music is literally the language of the angels, the so-called choir of angels. One of the Get Wisdom founders recalls hearing an angel's voice. This was confirmed by creator. And how it sounded musical. What are the fallen angelics? Have they come to despise music and all it stands for out of fear and loathing of their former angelic compatriots? I don't recall anyone saying a demon's voice sounded musical. What can Creator tell us? All right, these are Creator's words. The contrast between the true angelics and the fallen, who have turned away from love and light through selfishness and become disconnected and in a state of depravity have lost all interest in the artistic endeavors because of their non-alignment with the divine any longer. This, that is a sorry state of being, indeed, compared to their original capabilities and potential for ever greater accomplishments. 
The universe is truly open-ended. There is no upper limit for you. You are in a state of evolution energetically and karmically and can make of it anything you choose. It may require baby steps along the way, but the difference between where you started, where you are now, and where you can become is vast indeed. Those moving in a retrograde, retrograde fashion, like the fallen angels, will lose capability, be cut off from talent, and have restricted possibilities to draw on. So you will not hear a chorus of dark angels. That is not to say music cannot be perverted to serve a dark purpose. That indeed does happen. When there is a disconnection from the divine, there is a diminishment across the board in every undertaking. This is true of humans as well. The secular movement is the major reason for the less satisfying popular music of today's world. We cannot contribute our divinity to a non-divine enterprise. If you hold the energy of disalignment, it will affect all you do, and there will be a diminishment. It is a choice you are making to view the world from a lesser perspective, and this will further separate you from us, and it will be your loss as well as ours, because you will not excel. And that is not what we wish to see for you. Wow. Yeah. You know, this... um Oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, the secular movement, you know, is is the major reason for less satisfying popular music of today's world. Boy, that's that's a pretty powerful statement there. Something that uh, to think. Of. Oh, and that the, I know what I was going to say. That creator really points out that you not only stop moving forward when you enter the path of depravity, but you lose capability. You actually are cut off from talent. That's a big revelation right there, Carl. Well, and it, it's sadly true across the board, not only with musical <laughs> talent, but talent of all kinds. Yes. And th- this leads to the desperation of the disconnected, the disenchanted, the disparaged. Th- they need to hang on to something. And in the end, all they have is their power to control others. They right. can't do much themselves. And then it's a desperate struggle to maintain that authority and that power and control and they're an emperor with no clothes they might get away with it for a while but won't indefinitely and that that really explains how there's such a disconnect between the truly powerful and people looking in on them and saying i don't see a lot of talent there you know um which is very very interesting but that's a that's a good connection to make that the when they become obsessed with power they literally move backwards in terms of their creative abilities. Well, in, in terms of music, getting back to that specifically, one can trace waves of musical expression coming on the scene and captivating people Yeah, and changing things and changing the culture and often with a new generation. And what that is, is a wave of divine love that accompanies them, uplifts them, guides them, and encourages them to make the most of it. And they do. And the musicians among them use that energy and that divine support to showcase their inner talent and bring more light in the world. It's a beautiful thing. But there are dark eras as well. Well, yeah, indeed. Where there's slim pickings and there's little on the radio you want to listen to. And 
the people who are exalted as performers aren't leave that, a lot, aren't leave a lot to be desired, yeah. <laughs> and there's oh. reasons. There's reasons. There, there's a poverty, not just of ideas, but ability and talent and musicality. Yeah, yep, that's very true. And not just music, but, you know, painting and artistic expression, sculpture, it seems it all suffer after a while. U.S. creator, we were told that Hitler was, in fact, a fallen angel in rehabilitation, incarnated as a human being. Yet he loved his Wagner, and so is, or so it appeared. Was this a measure of his rehabilitation progress, or the fact that he incarnated in a body designed for the divine human? What do the interlopers think of Wagner's music? Creator tells us, this is an interesting study in contrast that even a fallen angelic like Adolf Hitler, when incarnated as a divine human, was outfitted with human characteristics and capabilities, at least genetically, and that was deliberate in order to offset the emptiness and darker aspects of the fallen angel he had become and was working his way out of to regain what had been lost through neglect and service to the ego, causing his diminishment. This is why he was able to enjoy music, and also why he endeavored to be an artist. Those pursuits were not a disguise of some kind, but truly taking a delight in seeing the dawning of an appreciation of the divine within him. This unfortunately did not last, but was limited and in fact thwarted to not develop further, but diminish over time as he turned his thoughts more and more to dark pursuits. Even the interlopers will appreciate some music to the extent it is used to glorify them and their doings. For them, it is an exercise in ego always, and it is certainly the case, as evidenced in human motion picture soundtracks, about the doings of the powerful, even the conquerors, that a rousing musical score can project any aspect of dark doings and the appeal and attractiveness of such power if only as a provisional consideration, especially in the case of would-be victims looking for a way to save themselves. Having such power becomes not only attractive, but seems a compelling notion indeed. The fact that such things can be set to music does not indict music, but simply reflects the fact that music is a vibrational representation of energy and can be used as a kind of language to explain and represent almost anything. So there is a full spectrum of possibilities from bad to good inherent in the arts, just in the very concept of darkness versus the light, encompasses a spectrum of possibilities from bad to good in some respects, not only symbolically, but functionally. This is why anything dark can have a dark influence, and this is true of dark music as well. You know, it's really interesting. I, I've forgotten, actually, that Hitler tried to be an artist when he was a young man. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, Crater brought that up and then answered the question, because that could have been a question in its own right, but that was kind of a freebie, I think, handed to us. But it's an interesting insight, interesting insight, to be sure. You asked Crater, how... I'm sorry, Carl. Go uh, ahead. How can empower... You asked Crater, how can empowered prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol help create a world where starving musicians are a thing of the past and there are successful collaborations like we witnessed with the traveling willowberries are common and ubiquitous. All right, creator tells us, 
what you are proposing here is certainly a lofty goal. Making requests for healing creates an environment of freedom where music will flourish because it has the energy of love built in and you have the ears to hear it and a heart to feel the love it brings and will be raised up by the encounter. Those who have talents have simply retained a greater soul connection and are choosing to exercise that ability because it calls to them. It is a reminder of home and it is an opportunity to benefit humanity and work for the light in sharing that talent with their compatriots. To even be capable of enjoying music requires inner balance and a state of well-being to even allow that to happen. Encouraging appreciation of the arts in all forms and those who would embrace and pursue that expression is a major contribution. This is aided greatly by outreach to the divine using prayer to ask for a better world, to ask for all to be raised up, and especially for the interlopers to be reawakened to the possibility of love so they will withdraw and allow humans to heal from their manipulations and disparagement. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is the most powerful way to arrange a divine intervention because it has much leverage built in to greatly expand the reach of the individual beyond anything that has happened in the history of humanity. And for the first time, create a possibility of overcoming a seemingly all-powerful extraterrestrial alliance that threatens your existence. That is no small challenge. You can change everything through supporting a divine intervention, but it will only happen if you request it and do your part as a collaborator in partnering with the divine for greater purpose. Well, it's interesting. Creator points out here that healing can reawaken the possibility of love as well as well a reawaken creative abilities you know like we know with the interlopers think of them in this sense those are all former artists chefs um songwriters that because of their depravity have essentially lost that ability but it can be reawakened in them and in fact the arts i think is one way to inspire the downtrodden to to reach up and begin their journey back towards the light Yes, well, the overseers are always busy snuffing out love. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, as, as my mom was a, a a teacher, and she was noticing all her career. The first thing that they cut in the schools are art and music programs. Yeah. That is no accident. No, no, it's the not. The people who run the schools are being run in turn by dark forces. It's just the way the world is right now, folks. I, I'm sorry to bring that to you, but you can change it with prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol. Absolutely. Join our little band of, uh, <laughs> of spreaders of knowledge and wisdom here through Creator and make your music with us. Yes, absolutely. There's plenty of opportunity to do so. Plenty that you can contribute and you can indeed contribute to the greater healing of humanity and, and even to the universe itself, believe it or not. Uh, There's a grand future for humanity that you can learn about in Get Wisdom. Uh, sign up today, getwisdom.com. Uh, you can also, if you got issues in your own life, and we all do, you can have the Lightwear Healing Protocol done for you. You can hire a practitioner who has the requisite belief quotient and, and, and groundwork laid to be able to really help you out. And you can check out those healing uh, services at GetWisdom.com. There's a healing tab on the menu. Just click on that, and you can see what's available. Uh, that's about all we have for this week, Carl. Appreciate your everything you're doing for us. Thank you. All right. Take care. Be well. 
Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 